0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to get you caught up with all the latest news going on around the conference ahead of SEC Week 9. We'll talk about the debacle over in College Station with our buddy Taylor McGarg, and we'll give you our picks for the Week 9 slate in the conference. Locked on SEC starts right now.
1: You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And what's up everybody, welcome into Locked on SEC, it's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. bucks. i am Chris Gordy, thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it, let's go around the conference.
1: Boots out to the right.
0: Makes the handoff.
1: What a catch. Around the conference.
0: And we start with Steve Spurrier, who was on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday and talking about the Georgia Florida rivalry game. But Spurrier was also very complimentary about what he's seen from Josh Heupel and Tennessee in their Week 7 win over Alabama. Tennessee was Spurrier's rival at Florida and at South Carolina, but the old head ball coach given some props. To the orange. He said, Look, I think they are the best offense in the country. Josh Heupel is the coach of the year. I admire what they've done up there. They throw it around better than anyone in the country right now. And who would know better than Steve Spurrier complimenting offense as Tennessee puts up nearly 369 yards per game through the air, ranks number two among all FBS schools behind only Washington. The Vols have played seven games to the Huskies, eight but still have more passing touchdowns, 23-22, to and fewer interceptions. So quite a compliment there with Steve Spurrier saying something nice about the Volunteers. Speaking of the Volunteers, they will be gearing up for their game against uh, Kentucky coming up this weekend, and uh, Kentucky facing one of their biggest tests, taking on the number three-ranked Vols, the Vols' biggest win of the season. Of course, that win over Alabama, Mark Stoops, dove into some of the keys and knocking off a talented Tennessee team. He said, quote, the way we play, we're methodical anyways. It's not just because we're playing Tennessee. Just look at it. We're that way all the time. You truly have the opportunity to attack them one play at a time, and that's what we're going to have to do. So let's see what Kentucky can do against Tennessee this weekend. Back to that uh, Florida game versus Georgia. There's been a lot of talk this week about the point spread in that game, and uh, when Gators quarterback Anthony Richardson talked with the media, he was informed the number one-ranked Georgia Bulldogs are a and half point favorite over the 4-3 Gators. Richardson's eyes got really big, and he said, that's crazy. No surprise, Florida, a heavy underdog to the defending national champs. Georgia has won 22 consecutive regular season games, 15 consecutive SEC regular season games, uh, Georgia's last regular season loss was to the Gators going back to 2020 so again uh, Anthony Richardson's in basically that's a lot of points against uh, Georgia but we'll see meanwhile over at Arkansas they're getting ready to take on Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium and linebacker Bumper Pool has been a big part of that defense for Arkansas he was doing a Sirius XM radio this week uh, interview this week and he said look Everyone in the SEC has injuries and whatnot, but we're a program that's still building and still growing and just being able to grind out a few of the wins that we have so far. We're just trying to get guys healthy. Poole referenced Arkansas' biggest injury, which was Jalen Catalan, on the safety. Suffered a shoulder injury in the season opener against Cincinnati and was ruled out for the season. He said, quote, our team continues to fight, continues to not give up, not quit. Because you get to this point in the season, and you have teams that either want to make a run or they're ready to throw in the towel. We have a bunch of guys in here that still have a lot of goals we want to reach, so we're in a good position. Having that bye week last week was huge for us. So we'll see if the Hogs can pull off the win at Auburn. Meanwhile, over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer on company and company on Thursday, saying that uh, South Carolina edge rusher Terrell Dawkins will dress for Saturday's game against Missouri, and will be a game time decision. Uh, he went on to say everyone who is available gets AM should be available for the Missouri game. Terrell Dawkins was a transfer from NC State. He's been sidelined most most of the season with injuries. He practiced most of the week and was elevated on the depth chart earlier this week, so we'll see if he plays in that one this weekend. Meanwhile, on the flip side of things for Mizzou, they released their injury report for the game against the Gamecocks. Uh, Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch reporting the Tigers will be without... Uh, Daniel Hawthorne, their primary long snapper, for extra points and field goals. Wide receiver Damari in Houston is questionable, and wide receiver Chance Looper ruled out. Uh, Looper and White have been on the injury report for much of this season. White uh, was Missouri's uh, starting, higher White rather, was Missouri's starting right tackle last year. Could be available in the final four weeks, but appearing less likely. So, See what Mizzou looks like. And there you have it. It is the latest news going on around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk a little bit about the struggling Aggies and get a quick thought on how some of the other conferences are shaping up for uh Potential playoff runs with everybody Taylor McArg, uh, college football analyst. That's coming your way in just a second. Thank you guys for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. This episode is brought to you by the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's so easy to do. Just go to the app and you can find a bunch of different players in the games happening this weekend. And they give you the over and the under and you just kind of pick. Which one you think? Uh, it's really easy to do. They got tons of sports up there, but the college football pick'em is the most fun for us to do. That's what we've been playing all season long. And again, they'll give you your picks. You just pick the over/under on uh, what you think a guy is going to do on passing yards or a running back for rushing yards. Very easy. And if you go look at some of the games this weekend, you can make those picks uh, as well really easy to do. Just go to Underdog, make your picks just like I've been doing every single week. It's very easy to play. It's available in over 30 states across the country. Like I say, just pick between 2 and 5 players across any team. Decide if they will finish higher or lower, lower than that total. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Just go sign up with our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L O C K E D O N and Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Deposit 100 bucks Get hundred bucks free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick em action today. along here, Locked On SEC, and one of the segments we have so much fun with every week is uh, just about every week, catching up with our buddy Taylor McGarr, college football analyst. He's been on the calls for a lot of ESPN uh, streaming and ESPN3 games throughout the season, and uh, Taylor joins us now, and uh, Taylor, we'll just jump right into it, because I know you don't uh, have much time, but uh, as the season goes into this home stretch here, we can't help but Look at the college football playoff. The first set of rankings will come out next week, and we want to see the SEC get a couple of teams in. But what do you make of where we are with all the other conferences, like the Big 12 and others that still kind of have a chance uh, with some other conference champs getting in? It seems like we're going to have maybe some some two-loss conference champions out there uh, when this thing's all said and done. But where, where are you on some of the other conferences like the Big 12? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think it is very different than if you look at, like, a an ACC or a Pac-12. Both of those conferences have really one or two teams at the top that feel like they're stronger than everybody else in the conference. The Big 12 is, is sort of the opposite of that. I mean, you've got TCU, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. And even Texas, you could throw into that argument with the way that they, when Quinn has played, they've had the late-game losses, but... If they had him healthy earlier in the year, you assume they beat Texas Tech. You can even lump them into the top. You've, you've really got three and maybe even four teams that are pretty strong. The question mark that I still have for TCU is, and this is not their fault, but they have not had to play in one of these games against a ranked Big 12 opponent. They haven't had to play all four quarters against that other team's starting quarterback. They've knocked out the other team's starting quarterback in all of these games, which is, again, I don't think there's nothing dirty going on. It's just it's football. It happens. And especially for the last two weeks against Oklahoma State and Kansas State, I think they benefited from the other team not having their starting quarterback in in the third and fourth quarter. So it will be interesting to see late in the season. They still have a couple tests going to Austin. I think that's going to be a big one for them. They have to go to Baylor as well, those back-to-back games. If they can get through that gauntlet, I mean, this goes without saying, but if they run the table, TCU is going to be in the college football playoff if they win the Big 12 and they're undefeated.
0: Taylor, it seems like things just keep getting worse for the Aggies in College Station. They lose a tough one up at South Carolina last weekend. Haynes King gets hurt. Connor Wegman has to come in, the true freshman quarterback. He played okay, but now they get a really good old Miss Team who, you know, took their first loss of the season last week at LSU, so they're looking to bounce back. They are road favorites going to College Station this weekend. Uh, AM sitting at three and four. Uh, The news comes out that a couple players were suspended after the game last weekend. They have a couple offensive linemen who are now out for the year. How does Jimbo get the train back on the tracks there?
1: Yeah, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but to me on the outside looking in, this feels like the situation with the Aggies this season is more dire than how UT fans felt last year. And I I think for as, as much as Texas hated having a five and seven season and losing to Kansas, it was still Sark's first year. The difference with A&M, and I'm only comparing the two because they're 90 miles apart from one another. This was a year that we talked about. I remember coming on with you guys back in August and saying, look, if Haynes King is healthy and is the guy that they're expecting him to be, this might be a Final Four-type team. And now we look up going into November, and I look at their remaining schedule. Are, are there three more wins on this schedule? I mean, you got Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, and LSU remaining in the SEC slate. They'll beat UMass, obviously. But are they going to get three wins out of that bunch in conference play to get to a bowl game? If you made me pick right now, I would say no. I don't think – I think Ole Miss rightfully should be favored in this game. I don't think they beat LSU to close out the season. But then you're saying they've got to beat either Florida or at Auburn to get to a bowl game, and there's just not enough on this team. Take away all the off-field issues, and it seems like they're starting to have week in and week out with some of their young guys especially. On the field, offensive struggles – I just don't know that this is a bowl team, and um, that is such a departure from what we thought this team was going to be back in August.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is a team that started, you know, preseason top ten and uh, high expectations. Should this fall, in your opinion, on Jimbo's head coach because he's recruited great, they got great talent? Is it just that he's not a good X's and O's coach anymore?
1: I think the issue, Jimbo is a excellent manager and operator of a college football team. Because he gets kids in the recruit, and and it doesn't matter if it's through NIL or Transfer Portal or how they do it, but their recruiting classes speak volumes. It is hard to recruit at that level year in and year out. The indictment that I would have of Jimbo Fisher and this team is you've got to go all the way back to Jameis Winston at Florida State in the year they won the national championship and say, if it takes a Heisman Trophy winning, national championship winning quarterback for your offense to be effective at a really high level, then you don't have a very good offense. Because... You're not going to hit on those guys very often. I don't care how many five-stars you bring in. Every year we see four- and five-star quarterbacks that they don't pan out. They end up in the transfer portal, and they're not what they were cracked up to be. You've got to figure out a way. I think about Lincoln-Riley's system that now is being run with Heupel at Tennessee. When you drop in really any one of your quarterbacks and it feels like your offense is still clicking at a pretty high level, that is what you're looking for in college football at the highest level and A&M doesn't have that right now. And I don't know that they ever had that with Jimbo except for when they had Jameis Winston. So the question for the off season becomes, is he going to bring in an offensive coordinator and turn over play calling duties, but they owe him $90 million. I don't think there's any, you can't force him to do anything he doesn't want to do. So he's got all the leverage in the world and it's going to come down to, I think what does his pride allow him to give up play calling duties?
0: Taylor, I know you got to run, man. Appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk again next week.
1: All uh, right. Appreciate it, guys.
0: That's our buddy Taylor McArg, college football analyst, calling games on uh, ESPN and uh, the streaming platforms and all that, and does a, a tremendous job. We appreciate him joining us. Thanks again for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to make our picks. We'll give you our official picks heading into SEC week nine in just a sec. Mm-hmm. Going along here locked on sec and again thank you guys for making us your first listen every day we got to jump into it we got to make our picks for sec week nine as we got a uh, pretty good slate here with all sec on sec uh play of course uh, arkansas had the weird byu game uh in recent weeks but let's jump into it we'll start at 11 a.m central on the sec network it is four and three arkansas at three and four auburn and auburn is a three and a half point home underdog look i've been trying to talk myself into auburn all week because they are playing at home they have put up a fight they have not quit they gave ole miss you know uh, Maybe not all they could handle, but they the offense uh, certainly performed well in their last game. Tank Bixby rushed all over them. Um, you know they've had times this year where they have put up a fight, uh, obviously lacking a lot of talent. But I think Arkansas righted the ship after you know losing KJ Jefferson for a game and the offense kind of stymieing. They seem to get their groove back against BYU. Rocket Sanders continues to. Uh, lead the SEC in rushing yards, and I think they're going to rush for a lot of yards. We just saw Ole Miss run for over 400 something yards on Auburn a couple weeks ago, so I think Arkansas wins. The three and a half is what gets me. If it was just three, I would say Arkansas minus the three. Three and a half means you're going to win by more than a field goal. I'll take Arkansas minus the three and a half. Don't feel great about it, but uh, I think Razorback should go win. I think it's another loss for Auburn and the deterioration of the Brian Harson era will continue on, and we'll just be counting down the days till he is gone. Next up at 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern on CBS from Jacksonville. It is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I know we can't call it that anymore, but it is what it is. TIAA Bankfield in Jacksonville. The 4-3 Florida Gators at the number one undefeated Reigning national champion Georgia. Bulldogs. Georgia Bulldogs are a twenty-two and a half point favorite. This is another one. I've been talking myself all week into taking Florida plus the points. Because again, Georgia can win by three touchdowns and Florida can still cover this. That's what how crazy this line has gotten. I Man, does Florida get a backdoor cover late? Do they score a late touchdown to make this close? We saw them rally and uh get the, you know, try to Make it closer with Tennessee a couple weeks ago. They kind of hung with uh, LSU two weeks ago. They, uh, you know, lost by 10 in the swamp, but still made it respectable. Can they make it respectable against Georgia? I think they can. Florida defense has not been good, but Anthony Richardson, I think this is a game where he'll be able to throw the ball a little bit. We'll see if Florida can run the ball because Georgia is so good against the run. Let's do it. We'll take Florida plus the 22 and a half. I think Georgia wins and still wins big. But that's a lot of points to cover, and I think Florida covers it. Next up, 3 o'clock Central, 4 Eastern on the SEC Network. It'll be 3 and 4 Mizzou at number 25, South Carolina. It feels weird to say that. But the Gamecocks, three and a half point favorites. Mizzou, I know they got a win last week against Vandy, but it was an ugly one. Eli Drinkwood's trying to do what he can. Luther Burton had some nice moments a week ago, but I think South Carolina is in a groove right now. I think Spencer Radler's starting to play a little bit better. I love the ground game with Marshawn Lloyd and company. I think the offensive line is maybe starting to gel a little bit more. The defense is playing pretty decent. Uh, I'll take South Carolina minus the three and a half at home because uh, I just think Spencer is going to play better than Brady Cook. But two good run games. I think uh, South Carolina will have the edge in this one. Into the two night games. 6 o'clock Eastern, 7, or rather, 6 Central, 7 Eastern on ESPN from Neyland Stadium. It is number 19, Kentucky, at number 3, Tennessee. In my opinion, this is the game of the week in the SEC. Uh, Kentucky, of course, with the two losses. One of those was without Will Levis. The other one, that heartbreaker, at Ole Miss, where they should have won that one. But Tennessee, a 12-point favorite. And, you know, ask anybody who's a Vols fan feel really good about your team, but dig down deep. You really feel like you're close to a two-touchdown favorite over Kentucky. Uh, this is a good Kentucky team that obviously last year was an epic shootout in Lexington, and Tennessee was the uh, benefactor of that one. I think this one could be close. I think Kentucky, with Chris Rodriguez running the football, Will Levis throwing the football, I think they're going to score some points on that Tennessee defense, and I think they're going to be able to keep this close. Now, look. Kentucky's uh, offensive line has got to do their part because they've been really bad at times protecting Will Levis and uh, Byron Young and those guys are living in the backfield. Well, it could be a long day for Kentucky, but I'm going to take Kentucky plus the 12. I think Tennessee wins the game still, but I think they win by 10, something like 41-31, somewhere in that category, and I think uh, Kentucky covers the 12. And then lastly, 630 Central. 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network is number 15 Ole Miss at 3-4 Texas A&M. Still feels weird to say. Our friends at Online have the Aggies as a a one-and-a-half-point home favorite in College Station. It is weird to say that. The Aggies have not been uh, underdogs very much at home in College Station in recent years. They normally play so well at home. But Ole Miss fresh off their first loss of the season at LSU last week. It was a tough environment in Baton Rouge. They had the lead at halftime, and in the second half they just get shut out, and LSU rolled them both offensively and defensively. I think this is a bounce-back game for Ole Miss. I think they're going to run the ball well in College Station. I think Quinshawn Judkins continues to prove why he's one of the better running backs in the SEC. I think think he'll get 100-and-something yards this week. I think he has a chance to hit the 1,000-yard mark. This week in week nine of the SEC. Uh, Zach Evans sounds like he should be back. And I think Lane gets back to his bread and butter. I think Jackson Dart makes some nice throws. And I think Ole Miss wins big. Give me Ole Miss. Minus the one and a half at Texas A&M. Just problems after problems for the Aggies. Devon A. Shane still a bright spot. But the quarterback play. If it is Haynes King or Connor Wegman. Whoever ends up playing the majority of this game. I think uh, the Ole Miss defense gets back to play. And how they did earlier in the season. And uh sure-handed tackling that's what they were lacking these last couple of games Ole Miss so I think they get back to doing that and uh let's see what the Aggie faithful do 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 they boo Jimbo Fisher off the field if they drop to three and five overall and one and four in the SEC keep in mind this was a preseason top 10 team you heard Taylor McHarg earlier talking about what the problems are with Jimbo Fisher and how they can get him fixed moving forward but I think Ole Miss wins this one proves to 8-1 and all eyes will be on LSU Alabama next week. If Alabama has a chance to win that one, Ole Miss still has a chance to win the sec West with a win over Alabama in a couple weeks. So plenty of time to get into that one. And uh, of course, next week will be the big, big matchups between LSU and Bama for the, uh, being in the driver's seat in the sec West. And of course, Georgia and, uh, Tennessee for the rights to be in the driver's seat for the sec East. So, have all week to discuss those games. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about those. But those are our official SEC week nine picks. Again, we're taking uh, Arkansas minus the three and a half at Auburn. We're taking Florida plus the 22 and a half against Georgia. We're taking South Carolina minus the three and a half against Mizzou. We're taking Kentucky plus the 12 at Tennessee and Ole Miss. Minus the one and a half at Texas A&M. And there you have it. Those are our official picks for SEC Week 9. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys on Monday with our winners of the weekend and who depressed right here on Locked on SEC.